As always, it is good to be back at Boulevard Bible Chapel. I've enjoyed the fellowship this morning, and uh, we trust that God will, this evening all, bless our each and every heart, both speaker and hearer alike, with the blessedness of His Word. We're going to open our Bibles to Revelation chapter 1. And I'm going to start reading at verse 4. John to the seven churches which are in Asia, grace be unto you and peace from him which is and which was and which is to come. And from the seven spirits which are before his throne. And from Jesus Christ who is a faithful witness and the first begotten of the dead and the prince of the kings of the earth unto him that loved us and washed us from our sins in his own blood and hath made us kings and priests unto God and his Father to be in glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. Behold, he cometh with clouds, and every eye shall see him, and they also that pierced him, and all kindreds of the earth shall wail because of him, even so. Amen. I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end, said the Lord. And we come back again to what we read in verse 4 which is, and which was, and which is to come, the Almighty. I, John, who also am brother and companion in tribulation and in the kingdom and the patience of Jesus Christ, was in the isle that is called Patmos, for the word of God and for the testimony of Jesus Christ. I was in the Spirit on the Lord's day and heard behind me a great voice as of a trumpet saying, I am Alpha and Omega, the first and the last. What thou seest, write in a book. And uh, send it unto the seven churches which are in Asia. And then verse 12. And I turned to see the voice that spake with me. And being turned, I saw seven golden candlesticks. And in the midst of the seven golden candlesticks, one like unto the Son of Man, clothed in a garment down to the foot, and gird from the paps with a golden girdle. His head and his hairs were white like wool, as white as snow. And his eyes were as a flame of fire. And his feet like unto the brass, as they are burnt in a furnace, and his voice as the sound of many waters. And he had in his right hand seven stars, and out of the mouth went a sharp two-edged sword, and his countenance was as the sun shineth in his strength. And when I saw him, I fell at his feet as dead. And he laid his hand upon me, saying unto me, Fear not, I am the first and the last. I am he that liveth and was dead, and behold, I am alive forevermore. Amen. And have the keys of hell and of death. And if you could turn your Bible pages over to chapter 4 and verse 18, verse 8, chapter 4, verse 8, it says, And the four beasts, and each of them six wings among him, and they were full of eyes within, and they rest not day and night, saying, Holy, 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 Lord God Almighty. And we come back again to the exclamation that we had written in the first two verses, verse 4 and 4, 8 of chapter 1. And what does it say? Lord God Almighty, which was and which is and which is to come. Are you thinking, what's Brother Hart going to talk about tonight? I'll tell it to you. Which is and which was and which is to come. I greet you again in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. It is His name, in His name that we meet. And it is his person that we want to see. It is his touch that we want to feel. And it is his voice that we want to hear. 
We are living in troublesome times just like John was. If you read verse 9, it tells you he was in tribulation like no, no other person. And um, he was in prison, being put in prison, pushed out in the Isle of Patmos because, and verse 9 says, because of the word of God that he proclaimed and because of his witness of none other than the glorious person of the Lord Jesus Christ. But here's what you'll notice. He looked above his circumstances. And he wasn't all settled down in them. He went unto the Isle of Patmos like a prisoner of no mean order. But he came back off the Isle of Patmos with the book of Revelation under his arms that we are reading today. As John looked above his circumstances, he heard a great voice as of a trumpet. And what did it say? It says, I am Alpha and Omega, the first and the last. And then he turned and he saw the Son of Man in the midst of seven golden candlesticks. What a sight he must have seen. John saw him clothed with a garment, girded about with a golden girdle. His head and his hair was as white as snow. His eyes were like a flame of fire. His feet as fine brass, his voice as many waters, and out of his mouth, appeared a two-edged sword, and his whole countenance was brighter than the noonday sun. I remember back in Solomon, when the, the girl go asking, he says, anybody seen my beloved around here? And they said, what is so special about your beloved? And I look back and see how she exclaimed to them who her beloved was. He is the bright and morning star. He is the fairest among ten thousands to our soul. And when she finished describing him, and she had no more words to say about him, she says, he is the altogether lovely one. That is the person of none other than the glorious person of the Lord Jesus Christ. And John must have seen the Lord Jesus in this way, in that he fell at his feet, says the scripture, as dead. Isn't that nice to know that we worship a risen Savior? This is not the dead saved in the tomb anymore. This is the risen, glorified, resurrected Lord, seated at the right hand of God in the majesty above. And he got a word. He says, now listen, John, I want you to go writing. What am I supposed to be writing, John would say. And we saw it in verse 4 of chapter 1, verse 8 of chapter 1, and verse 8 of chapter 4. What was it? He says, John, I want you to write something. That the Lord said, he's Alpha and Omega, and I want you to write that he was, that he is, and that he is to come. So our fourth thought, first thought for this evening is that he is the God that was. He is the God that was. And just as John looked above the circumstances that he was, we need to look above our circumstances, whatever the circumstances are. And somehow, when we consider that the God who is our God is the God that was, then our circumstances go into oblivion. He is the foundation stone of history, of science, of philosophy, of mathematics. I need him. You need him. Everybody needs this God that was. 
He has got what I like to talk about him as he has got some history. And there is no Jehovah like our God. I think of what can we look into what he was. He said to Abraham, he says, get thee out of your kindred at Haran. And I'm going to show you what you're going to do. Where you're going to go. I'm going to make a great nation of you. And I often let my imagination stretch that if you all was operating in those days, Abram would pick up a U-Haul truck and come by the house to do what? To pack up. To go where God says he was going. And I leave you now to imagine, what did the wife have to say when she said, Now Abraham, and remember, the scripture says she used to call him Lord. He says, Come Lord Abraham, where are we going? And he says, I don't know, but we are packing up. I am going with what God says. This is the God that was and took Abram and made of him the tremendous nation of Israel that he is. He has called men and women who were running away from him like Jacob. And they had an encounter. He delivered the Israelites out of Egypt with a deliverance that the world has never seen anything like that. Where? By the Red Sea. You can imagine Moses come with all these people and God said to him, tell the people, stand there. You're going to see the salvation of the Lord. He said, that rod that we had chained from your rod into my rod, lift it up across the waters, and the waters divided. And I, I did a little study on this water. It divided up and turned into a wall on both sides. That's what the scripture says. I wanted to imagine, whether it is one and a half, two or three million people, to pass through that divider that the Lord set up. How wide do you think that divider would have got to be when he opened up the Red Sea to allow two million people to cross within 24 hours? There's no God like Jehovah. The one who was and brought about the deliverance for the Israelites. He gave victory to David against Goliath. This is the God that was. He, he shut them out of the lions with Daniel. He stopped the burning of Shadrach, Mission, and Abednego while in the furnace, and they came out not even smelling of smoke. This is the God who was. Many of us can testify tonight, if I went through one by one, of coming to an experience that you've had when you've got to the brink and you think that there was no way out, and the matchless love and grace of God reached down, turn around your situation. And you can have what to praise him for today. None of us can say we are self-made. We are only what God has made us to be. Verses 5 and 6. Look at what he has done for us. He has loved us. He has washed us. He has loosed us from our sins. He has redeemed us. He has brought us into God's family. And has made us kings and priests unto God. And ever so often I sit back when I think on the love of God meeting out to me and the words of the song that puts it so nicely. Oh, the love that drew salvation's plan and the grace that brought it down to man and the mighty gulf that God did span where? At Calvary? Mercy there and there was grace for me. Pardon there was multiplied to me, and there my burdened soul found liberty at Calvary. That's what God has done. You and I belong to a big God, a big God who was. He is bigger than 
and more powerful than any God this world has ever seen. He is the God of purpose. And He is the God of value. There is no God like Jehovah. I may be nobody in the eyes of a lot of folks that I know that I cross paths with. But my Father is the King of Kings. That's what gives me joy in my heart. To know that a transformation came when I trusted Christ as Savior and He brought me and established me into His family. And nothing is going to savor this relationship that I have with the God that was throughout time nor eternity. I am the son of the king, and that makes me a prince. When you're related to the Lord Jesus, let me tell you, he gives you worth. He gives you value. And there is a significance about you that makes all the difference in the world. He is the God who was, and he's a God that has got history. But that's not what John was told to write. Not that you go John writing what God was, but here's it. He says, I want to write something about what God is. So that's going to lead us to our second thought tonight. Thank God for the God that was. But then we need to look at the God that is. Chapter 4 and verse 8. And verse 4 and verse 8 of chapter 1 is what it tells us. I am going to be like Webster's Dictionary. Every year they put a couple of new words in the dictionary. If you follow it year after year, new words, new words. So we're going to make two new words. And here's the one that I'm going to say this. If we have already looked at the isness of God or the wasness of God, then it's time we turn around and look at the isness. There was the wasness of God. Now there is the isness of God. And it is the same God that was and that he is today. I don't do very well with this. I chiefly do generally a little better with my nice mic speaker on my, my tie so that I can move away from the desk. But anyway, that's not a problem. I butt into this ever so often. But here we have now. The God that has wasness is the God that has isness. And that is our God. He is not a has-been. He lives in the present tense. What did he say to Moses? When Moses said, Who am I going to tell Pharaoh that um, is wanting the children of Israel to get out of Egypt? He says, Just tell him, I am that I am. He is the Alpha and the Omega. He is living in an everlasting present tense. I am he that liveth and was dead, says the Lord Jesus Christ. And behold, I'm alive forevermore. And I've got the keys of death and hell. This is our God that not just was, but that is. And I come back again to that wording behind me. Jesus Christ. The same yesterday, today, and forever. Let me say to you tonight, don't let anybody messes up your theology Whatever God was, 
he is. There's no change in him. My brother and sister, like I said, he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. He can no more change than deity can cease to be. There will never be a time when God wasn't, and there will never be a time, or rather I should say, there was never a time when God was, and there will never be a time when God ceases to be. His power and His wisdom, His holiness, His love, His mercy, His grace, and His glory has not diminished one iota. His plan never changes, and His purpose is never altered. He has never grown. He has never evolved. He has never improved. His decree is just as good as Himself. I, I don't think you need to bother that because there's not much time. I'm going to finish off in a minute, though. Um, I, I put it on the table here. I think I'll, I'll just finish with it. You're hearing me right, aren't you? Yeah. Okay, then. If I butt into it, I'll excuse myself again. <laughs> anyway, his plan never changes. And his decree is as good as himself. Remember what he said? He says... If my word doesn't come to pass, heaven and earth will pass away. He is the omniscient one. The one who knows everything. A billion, million, trillion years from now, God knows exactly where you and I are going to be. Oh, the God that is omniscient. He is the omnipresent God. He's everywhere at the same time. What did the psalmist David says? He says, I take the wings of the morning and I fly away to the uttermost part of the earth. There he is. And that God is the omnipotent God who is the all-powerful God. My question for you, do you know this God? Nobody can be compared to him because the God who was is still the God who is. My brothers and sisters, the thing about it is this, that everything that God did when we look at Him was, He is still able to do the same and more today. Everything He ever did, He can still do. He has not lost His ancient power. The God who is always finds a way out. I like the wording of Scripture that he's able to do far exceeding abundantly above all that you and I can possibly think about. When we run out of words and we run out of thoughts, God is still able to do more than what we can think or heard about. And then he's able to supply all our needs according to his riches in glory. He is able to supply all our needs. Thank no, thank God today. Not only supply my needs, He supplies all that I want. And all that I want is in Jesus. And He is still calling fishermen today, collective of taxes, people of every walk of life. And He wants to make them to become kings and priests unto God. He is worthy of our commitment. He not only told John, that he is the God that was. But he said to John, he says, I am the God that is. 
Look at the last thought. Hands of the clock just seem to run away. He is the God which is to come. The Almighty, and I, I put on that hallelujah, He is the God that is to come, the Almighty. And when we look above the circumstances that we are involved with, then we will see Him in this light. He encompasses all of time. He is the God of the past, He is the God of the present, and He is the God of the future. He is the Lord of all ages. He has only put time in a little slot of eternity. And just like when time began, time is going to come to an end. And we will be enjoying eternity with Him forever and forever and forever. And He will be taking us right into eternity from time when He comes. There was some pagan prophets. You must have heard them back in 2012. Declaring that the end of the world is coming. And everybody's guessing. Oh, the end of the world is going to be next year. And all sorts of different things from these pagans. But however short or how long it takes for the Lord Jesus Christ to come. Our future is in His hands. Your tomorrows and my tomorrows are is in the hands of the God that was, the God that is, and the God that is to come. Have you ever looked at all state commercial on the television? What does it say? He says, Aren't you wanting to be in good hands? Good hands, says all state insurance. You have a claim. And you quickly find out how good the hands are. We have got one that is holding us in his hands. My sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me. And I give unto them eternal life. They shall never perish. Neither shall any man does what? Pluck them out of my hand. And then he goes on and he says, I and my father are one. And nobody is able to pluck them, not only out of my hands, nor out of my Father's hand. We need any more security than that. And it's all wrapped up in the God that is to be. Nothing happens to the child of God by chance. It doesn't matter what the problems are. Sometimes God puts us right through the problem, sometimes over the problem, sometimes around the problem. But when we have faith in God, we don't have to worry because He's going to take care of our problem. What is there that's lying with the God that is to come? There are two twofold things that I'd like to bring to your attention before we close. One is that He's coming back again. We got a Jamaican saying, it says this, when you're so sure and there's no doubt in your mind, then you say to yourself, I can put my neck on the block for this. Jesus Christ is coming back again. His coming is twofold. The first coming is going to be when he makes that triumphant call and call from this world his church. 
And like how Paul puts it to the Thessalonians church, and he said to them this, he said, The Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout. With the voice of the archangels and the dead in Christ shall rise first. And then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together to meet the Lord in the air. And so shall we ever be with the Lord. Does that make you happy tonight? To make you know that the God that was is the same God that is and will be the same God to come. And he has laid down in his word, he says, I'm coming back again for you. So don't let your heart be troubled. This is the hope of every believing child of God. And I like the song I learned in Jamaica not too long ago. Better days are coming by and by. Soon we're going to meet him in the sky. Our sorrows will be over and joys will come at last. Better days are coming by and by. One of these days, you and I is going to shed the last tear. We are going to pass through the last burden. We are going to have the last trial. Our hearts are going to be broken with the last sorrow. We will then have the last pain. And guess what? Jesus shall come. I like the song that puts it, We shall behold him. We shall behold him face to face. How? In all of his glory. When you read John chapter 17 and come to verse 24, the Lord Jesus Christ said in his prayer, he says, Oh, Father, that these might be where I am, that they may receive, may see my glory. There's something about the glorious person of the Lord Jesus Christ that he's holding back for his people to take a look at. With all the revelation that the disciples must have had before, it will go into oblivion when we get a look at the Lord of our lords face to face we are going to see him by and by oh joy oh delight should I go without dying no sickness no sadness no dread no crying caught up in the clouds with our Lord unto glory when Jesus receives his own you know, my wife went home to be with the Lord ten years ago. And sometimes I sit and imagine. And one day I heard a song. And I said, how true is this? Just step in on shore. And finding it heaven. Or touching a hand and finding it God's. Or taking a breath and finding it celestial. And waking up in glory and finding it home. Listen. We are in a win-win situation. If he takes us now, will the folks be sad when you're gone? Yes, I think they will be sad when you leave. Or if he waits until he raptures up, not going to make a difference. We are going to be with him forever and forever and forever. Let me tell you something. The change that is coming to the believing child of God is a radical change. The world has never seen anything like this. And we will never have experienced a change that is coming. It is a radical change. The change is not only radical. It is an eternal change. Once we are changed into the likeness of His Son, we will be like that forever and forever and forever. And that change is going to be coming instantaneously. What does the scripture say? In the blinking of an eye, our change will come. 
And it has to be a supernatural change. Only God can bring about that change. And the God that is going to bring about that change for you and me is the God that was, that is, and that is to come. And then there will be tribulation on the earth when they leave. The battle of Armageddon will settle off the tribulation days. And then Jesus shall set up his kingdom on earth. The 1,000 years millennium will come into being and we shall reign with him for a thousand years. And then at the end of the thousand years, there's going to be the great white judgment for those who have never trusted Christ as Savior. And the devil and all the unbelievers will be locked away in hell itself. And then we shall see the new Jerusalem coming down from heaven. Listen, he says, I'm going to prepare a place for you. And he's preparing a place that your imagination and mine will never be able to comprehend. Eyes have not seen and ears have not heard, says the scripture. Neither did he enter into the heart of man the thing that God is providing for them that love him. My imagination stretches out. The New Jerusalem, says the scripture, is 1,500 miles long. It is 1,500 miles wide and it is 1,500 miles high. You can't comprehend that, neither can I. But God is providing the New Jerusalem for his people and he's going to dwell in the New Jerusalem forever and ever and ever. Are you looking forward for that? There will be no need for the sun and the moon and the stars. Because he, the Lord of light and glory, will be the light of that new Jerusalem. Where his saints will dwell with him forever. Think of the words of the chorus. That says it so aptly. Living, he loved me. Dying, he saved me. Buried he carried my sins far away. Rising he justified. Freely forever. One day he's coming. Oh glorious day. Let me tell you. For the believing child of God. It does not get any better. Than that. He has made a promise. He's going to keep the promise. Because he is a God that was. He is a God that is. And he is a God that will be. Father, would you bless thy word to our each and every heart tonight. Make us to know how great our God is. And there is none that can be compared to Jehovah. Would you bless us as we close this session now with thy choicest blessings we pray. And know that the peace of God that is so abiding and the love of God that is so abounding and the grace of God that is so amazing which so garrison the hearts of thy believing children in one until Jesus Christ shall come and these mercies we ask in thine own worthy and precious name. Amen.